Hi, I'm Linda. And I'm Craig. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. Today's episode 118, and we're talking about culture shock and re-entry. Yep, that difficult time when your trip comes to an end, and you have to adjust to what other people call real life. Yeah, real life. What is that? Yeah, personally, I think real life is when you're traveling. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Much more real than, you know, the, the daily commute. <laughs> yeah. You enjoying your commute, though? Yeah. Do you know what? I am commuting at the moment. It's the weirdest thing. I'm back in Auckland. I'm at home, and I commute to work. It's the first time in my life I've ever commuted, because in the past, I either lived really close to work, so it was like a five-minute walk, or I was teaching in people's houses, so I'd have a a drive around. But now, for the first time in my life, except for when I was at uni, I get up in the morning, I have a shower, and I go down, catch a bus into the city where I work, I work until, okay, I don't work until 3.15, but you know, then I get back on the bus and then I come home and it's, I'm commuting. And I was sitting on the bus the other day going, oh my goodness, I'm commuting. This is terrible. But then I realized I catch the bus from Mission Bay, which is one of the most popular areas of Auckland, very scenic, lots of cafes. And then I go around the waterfront, you know, with a beautiful view of Toto, that iconic island in the Haruhi Gulf, you know, past the marina, bit more water, more water, more water, and I'm in the city. So what you're saying is even while you're staying in one place for a few months working, you're making people around the world jealous. (laughs) 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 Oh, you're such a pain. Well, this weekend, rather than getting away, we're staying in Auckland uh, for a wedding, and um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much us. So we're having a very homey kind of time at the moment and working hard on the magazine and getting that advertised and distributed it's all very exciting yeah so make sure you drop by indietravelpodcast.com slash magazine and buy yourself a copy before we get into the podcast let's hear from our sponsor boots and all g'day my name is sean keener i'm ceo of the boots and all travel network and we're really excited to be affiliated with linda and craig and their indie travel podcast The Boots and All Travel Network is a series of about 50 travel websites that is focused on mainly independent travelers, so please come visit us at www.bootsandall.com. That's B-O-O-T-S-N-A-L-L.com. Cheers. Sweet. Thanks, Sean. So today we're getting into a talk that we've been wanting to do for a while. We're talking about culture shock and reverse culture shock or re-entry shock. It's a bit of a travel cliche, isn't it, this whole yes. culture shock thing? I think it's, it's come to mean something other than what it really means. When I studied at uni, I did psychology at uni, culture shock meant that feeling of complete disorientation when you're living in a culture that's not your own and things are so different that it's just like your whole brain just goes crazy over it. And I know that's not a very specific definition, but that's basically what I understand. And, you know, I hear about people going away for like, two-day holidays, and go, oh my goodness, I had such culture shock because, you know, the toilets were so dirty. And you know what? That's not culture shock. That's just difference. Mm-hmm. Culture shock's when you're living somewhere and it's just, it's so different and it's so hard and you start to hate it and it's awful. And, you know, it's this whole, it's a really big thing. Although these days people have started to use it to mean exactly that, you know, surprise at the differences in culture between your home culture and your visiting culture. Mm-hmm. So I suppose, you know, language means what people use it to mean, but don't like it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that common usage against, you know, pedantry. Pedantry so. is good. <laughs> uh, always a difficult balance. 
Okay, so you've explained a bit about how culture shock isn't what many people think it is. What are some of the symptoms that we might expect if, um, you know, we're going, do I have culture shock or am I just feeling down today? Well, culture shock is it's the shock of moving to a new country. So there's quite often distinct phases. Not everyone passes through all the phases, though, of course. And the first one, you go to a country and it's like the honeymoon phase. You know, everyone's you're just quite happy. Everything's good. Look at that. That's new. That's exciting. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. So then, this is mainly what people get, like, when we go traveling on, like, holiday for a week or a month. You're mainly stuck in that honeymoon stage, eh? I yeah. mean, there might be days when you're tired or grumpy or... But, you know, yeah. you're just there. You're seeing new things, you know. You And you, you tend to like it. You tend to appreciate the differences. And then there's a negotiation phase. After about a week or a few weeks, you start to really notice the new different the differences, you, you can see the differences between your culture and the culture you're in. And, you know, you start to go, oh, I wish I could just have McDonald's, you know. You start to just want some things from home and, you know, you maybe find the pace of life too fast or too slow and it starts it starts to grate a little bit, you know. Mm. So this is kind of the homesickness thing, eh, when you start missing your brand of coffee. Well, that's what I miss. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, please. Can't I just get a good coffee anywhere? <laughs> Yeah, that was my number one request when people asked me while we were traveling, you know, what pe- what do you want me to bring you? Yep. And I was like, well, Fijo Vodka from oh, yeah. 42 Below. Um, Fijo is a strange fruit that I've only ever seen in New Zealand. And, and Australia. Oh, in Aussie, yeah. And, um, but in Aussie, they don't eat them, whereas here we eat them and use them to start wars with uh, neighboring children. Yeah, and our friend, <laughs> we went to our friend's house the other day and they had frozen the Fijos. And we had a really nice Fijoa crumble. It was so good. Yeah. So Fijoa uh, vodka and um, roasted addiction coffee. Mm. They're always what I was asking people. I'm just like, and send me a, a kilo of coffee. Coffee pops. <laughs> the biscuits. Uh-huh. Oh my goodness, these biscuits are so good. They're like a biscuit topped with caramel and then the whole thing's coated in chocolate. Mm-hmm. Very good. They are very good indeed. Anyway, we were talking about negotiation. So yeah. Negotiation. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, this is when we start wanting toffee pops and veggie vodka and coffee. Yep. And, um, it's normally like at least two, three weeks and normally a couple of months into yeah, things, eh? Yeah. It's when you've been gone a little while and, you, you know, you just want something from home. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, you quite often get mood swings, you maybe get a bit depressed. It's just like, you know, something little will spark off a, a grumpy phase, something like that. Yeah, I found when I went through this uh, big phase of mine, everything just annoyed me. Yeah. I couldn't understand why things couldn't just work. Yeah. They had to be done this way and this way and this way. Oh, and I bureaucracy. railed against bureaucracy <laughs> and I was frustrated by the people and I was like, what useless place, you know, I have to do this and this. And, you know, looking yeah. back on it, you get the same it's rubbish the same. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Just different rubbish, that's all. Yeah. Yep. So, um, but you long for your own rubbish. Yeah, you long for your own rubbish. It's familiar. So it's this, yeah. it's this painful grating yeah. of the so abnormal. That's, that's pretty much what culture shock is, this this negotiation phase. Mm. I mean, after a while, you start to get used to, used to it. After about six to 12 months, you become accustomed and you start to have routines and you know what to expect and it's, you know, things become normal. You, you, you develop a, I don't know, kind of an... An understanding of the culture, mm. and it's okay. And but quite often, this um, this negotiation phase is quite long. You know, you might you might grate through it, grate through it, grate through it, and that's why it's a good idea to say, if you're moving to a country, 
to go for longer than six months because if you go after six months, you're probably right in the middle of this negotiation phase. You're still feeling angry and you haven't started to adjust yet. And so you leave not liking the culture because you haven't got used to it. Yeah, I think that was um, my problem with when we first went overseas, we kind of jumped up through Hong Kong into um, the UK and then down into Malta. And Malta was the first place that uh, we got work and stayed for a while. So we were there for three months, and at the end of three months, we couldn't actually afford to move on and go and do the stuff we, we wanted to do. enough money. So, um, yeah, the economy was uh, shot pre-Euro. And um, we had to um, go away for a week and come back on a bit of a visa run. And when we came back, we spent another two and a half, three months there. And I found that time really difficult. Now, it was weird because we had a bit of a support network by then. Mm. We had made some friends. We had met some really lovely people. Um, We knew our colleagues quite well. And, you know, you expect with that kind of stuff, with extra people and knowing your way around, that life would be better. But I was going through the the difficulty of this negotiation phase. I didn't want to go home. It wasn't homesickness. It was this kind of, I don't know, angry depression, kind of emotionally tired from butting your head up against difference all the time. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a pretty good example of culture shock. Yeah, it was. (laughs) (laughs) It's textbook. Textbook culture shock, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I feel crap. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like this place. (laughs) And I think if we'd stayed a bit longer, I mean, we left after six months, which is Right about the length of time you're not yeah, supposed to leave. It's kind of like the magic, <laughs> the magic moment, isn't yeah. it? I think if we'd stayed another couple of months, we probably could have, would have got a lot more used to it. And I think I, I'd become used to it. Yeah, you're moving through the other side. Yeah, eh? I think I'd got gotten into adjustment. I was adjusting. I was, you know, still grating lots of things. I was just like, why? You know, railing against the machine. But mm-hmm. I think I'd come to accept a lot of those things as just the way it was. Yeah. Whereas I think you were still. I was still in there. Still in there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you're not alone. <laughs> you're not alone. Um, thinking about these stages, we talked about the honeymoon stage where you like it, the negotiation phase where it's all Hard difficult and, and painful and rough and, you know, it's your homesickness, depression, mood swings, anger. Um, then the adjustment phase where you kind of start adjusting and coming out the other side. Before, I guess it's really another phase altogether is coming out the other side of it. Yeah. And you either adjust or you don't. So um, um, what are some ideas for coping with culture shock? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, it's not a good idea just to run away because if you run away, you'll always see that that culture is bad and terrible and grating and awful. Mm-hmm. So it's a good idea to stick with it. Maybe find some things that are familiar and use those as as like a tool to get you through it mm-hmm. or find something you really like about the culture. You know, maybe it's a drink and just think about that, you know, make some friends and what? It just <laughs> sounded so much like you're um, advocating alcoholism there. No. Yeah, find something, you find a drink that you like and oh, just think no, about that. No, no. <laughs> Personally, one thing I love about travel is, is soft drinks. You know, every, every different country has a different soft drink. Like we've got L&P and what does Australia have? That's something. But um, in Malta, they had one called Kinney, which was like a, a weird orange drink. didn't actually like it that much, but I liked the fact there was a Kinney, you know? <laughs> I, just, I, liked, I liked finding the differences and thinking about how they were good. So I suppose thinking about good differences is a good way mm. of, um, of coping with it. Um, also, just take a deep breath 
that's my standard tried and true, you know. The things that are making you angry are not big things, and you know that. So try not to let them really get to you. Just take a deep breath, think it through, maybe count to ten, and just let it out. Yeah, it can also be a good time for calls home and Mm -hmm. relying on your old support network. So that call to your mum or dad, if they're the right person to talk to, or good Mm -hmm. friends, you know, just to... Just attach base, but don't rely on that. Like, don't... Yeah, but sometimes you need a crutch to get you through, you know, get you through. And that's really useful, being interconnected. Yeah, I agree. I think it's different for everyone. I mean, I think you should definitely keep in contact with your friends back home. But at the same time, build contacts within the place, Mm. especially locals. I mean, don't just connect with the local expatriates. Also, make friends with true locals so that they can take you to the the cool local places that you'll never find out about. Mm Mm-hmm. Sweet. Well, before we move on and talk about reverse culture shock or coming home, um, here's Sean from Boots and All again. G'day, this is Sean from Boots and All again, and we're at about the halfway point for today's Indie Travel Podcast. I wanted to share with you a part of Boots and All that I thought many of you would enjoy. It's called Boots and All Today. We feature 10 to 15 travel news and travel feature articles from around the web every day. Come check it out at www.bootsnall.com slash today. Thanks, Sean. All right, so re-entry shock. Now, you've been away for a while, especially if you've been away for more than a year or so. You've immersed yourself in, in a fantastic other culture. You've adjusted in some way. You've got used to it. You've adapted. And now you're coming home. You're actually quite likely to come across... Culture shock. Again. You know, there'll be a honeymoon phase again where everything's wonderful and, oh my goodness, you can have toffee pops. It's so exciting. Or coffee or feed your vodka or whatever it is that you've been longing after. You know, you get to see all your friends. You get those those views. And then, and then it sucks. All of a sudden, <laughs> things start to grate. The things that, you know, that you never realized happened in your country. Like things that you didn't know about because it was just perfectly normal. Until you went away and discovered that not everyone does it like that. And actually, it's not very good to do it like that. I think that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and so you come across all these, these grating things. So that, that's reverse culture shock. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's culture Co- shock. Coming home. In reverse. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Re-entry shock, it's called. Because you're coming back to a culture you know that's familiar, but suddenly it's not familiar anymore. Mm. Yeah, so we've been wanting to talk about this pretty much since we started the podcast, eh? Because mm. we're both really interested in counseling and psychology and the weird way our minds work. But we've been away the the whole time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, how do you... Let's do a show about re-entry and... And we can talk and, about all and, our experiences and, and, and re-entry. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so that was quite ironic. So I'm glad to be home, if only, so we can do a podcast That's about right. re-entry shock. That's awesome. Um, so, um, before we tell some of our stories, I reached back into the archives and, uh, found an interview that we did with Sherry Ott way back, way, way back, episode 52. Mm-hmm. So here's one of her stories from her return to America after months and months of worldwide travel. I would say one of the things that struck me, um, uh, that I wasn't at all prepared for was I, I got back here and, uh, I was actually writing, a the air train from the JFK airport here in New York to 
the train station so I could get into Manhattan. And there was someone on their cell phone, uh, and they were talking, and, and I was really tired. It had been a long flight, and I didn't really want to be back. So I'm listening to this, and you know, uh, one thing I know, or after being out of the country, that Americans are extremely... They're, well, I should say, they're typically loud and boisterous. So I was listening to this woman talk on the phone, and I was really annoyed because, you know, I thought, well, she's being so loud, she's being so open, like you can hear her whole personal life, you know, as I'm sitting here. And it kind of drove me crazy. And then, I don't know, a few days later, I ended up in a Starbucks, and same kind of thing, like all these people around me talking about very personal things, their dates, their sex life, their business deals, whatever, but you could hear it all. And so it was all this background noise that was driving me crazy. And I realized why it was driving me crazy was because it was in English and I could actually understand the conversations. Sweet. Thanks, Sherry. So, Linda, back to you. Ten questions psychology time. (laughs) It's been a while. Yeah. Let me just go get my textbook. (laughs) (laughs) What can we do to kind of help deal with reentry shock? I mean, it's it's different from when you're away, right? Because it's your it's, it's your home support network mm. and all the things that you wanted about home, and now the things that are hacking you off. Yeah, it's tough. I have no idea. <laughs> have you got any information for me? <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, I was thinking one thing you can do to deal with reentry shock is create a travel podcast. That's quite quite good. Yeah, I'm not sure what the textbook would have to say, but I know what we did, and it's worked really well for us. So, one thing we did was we eased back in. We'd been away, we'd been in Europe, quite different, and we we weren't quite ready to go home. So we went to a culture quite similar to ours, Australia, different, still new, still exciting, but closer. We kind of had soft reentry, reentry to the country next door. You know, <laughs> yeah. and so we weren't we weren't constantly surrounded by our family, but we were surrounded by a culture similar to ours. So I mean, if you were going back to your home, maybe you could go to a different city in the same country or something like that. So you've got all the kind of home comforts. You've got you know toilets that you're used to. You've got fast food chains that you're used to that kind of thing. But you don't have the pressure of of re-entering into the social networks, and that worked really well for us. I think. I mean. I spent a lot of time being amazed at things like grass verges, which just don't seem to exist in a lot of places around the world. <laughs> yep. Grass verges. I'm going to get emails asking us what that is. Yeah. <laughs> but that was something. When I, when I got to Australia, I was like, oh, my goodness, I haven't seen a grass verge in months. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> so so we, we kind of eased in. And then we came back, and we, we spent only two weeks in Auckland. So we caught up with all our friends. And then we took off again to go and visit Craig's parents in Christchurch. And that was really good as well, because it meant we weren't working. We were just devoting our time to catching up with people. We'd been away for three years, three and a half years. Some people we'd seen during that time, but most we hadn't. So it was just really good to devote this time to, to catching up with what they'd been doing, and they could catch up with what we'd been doing. Then we went away, and then we came back, and that's when we re-entered. Mm-hmm. So we had this kind of soft, soft, softly, softly kind of re-entry and I think it worked really well. What do you think? Yeah, I think it has too, because we haven't really hit a hard patch yet. Mm. But in saying that, we are kind of cheating, because one of the difficulties with reentry <laughs> shock is that when you come back and you go back into your old habits and maybe into a similar job that you left from, or maybe into the same job, mm. and it's the sameness that yeah. kind of... Um, 
is part of this whole process and, and something that wears you down. But, you know, we're not planning on staying more than six months. We're taking off again to South America in, in January. January, yeah. Um, we keep traveling around the country. We're not yeah. really staying here, so... This is true. It's kind of like we're... Um we're spending some time in Auckland. We're mm. not living here. Yeah, we're doing we're doing our slow travel thing. We're just doing it in our home city. Yeah. You know, we're coming in for two to six months. And yeah. yeah. The only difference is there's heaps of cool people here that we already know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so friends have definitely helped. One of the things you might come across when you get back from traveling is that everyone's the same. Now, people have said this and I've read about this. You've changed so much and you come home and everyone's the same. But I haven't found that. No, I haven't either. It's, um, I don't know, I think it's a myth. Maybe it is. Because maybe, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, all of our friends have either got new jobs or they've got new hobbies or they're doing new things. Or they've gone on interesting trips or they've all got something to talk about. Even if it's just what they've been doing in the last week, everyone's got stuff to talk about. And especially when you've been away for three and a half years, they've got stuff to say. I mean, we've done a lot as well, but it's not like they haven't. Hmm. So, I mean, I've always read about this, you know, people feeling like they've gone away and they've changed and they've developed and they come home and everyone's still in the same jobs and got the same partners and same, same, same. But hmm. no, no, no. And hmm. even if there are some people who are the same, enough people are different that... To mitigate that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I've also read about people coming home and wanting to talk about their fantastic trips and no one really being that interested. Haven't found that either. So. Yeah, but you just talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. La, la, la. <laughs> I always just talk. But I was always like that. I mean, I always just talked about what I'd been up to and everyone just listened and kind of went, yeah, I know. <laughs> and now they just do that still. <laughs> Smooth. No, I've learned skills from traveling that I'm not, I don't think I'm as bad as I was, so. You've learned to shut up? I have. Well done. Thanks. It's an important skill. Yep. Smooth. Well, I think that wraps us up on our thoughts on culture shock and reentry shock, um, but we'd love to hear your stories and yeah. your ideas, because I think it's something that, sure, the psychologist textbook can break down into certain phases and stages, but it's also completely unique for everyone. That's right. Right, well, let's hear from Sean again before we leave. G'day, this is Sean from the Boots and All Travel Network, and we're excited to be continuing sponsors of the Indie Travel Podcast. Today, I wanted to talk about one of our online travel guides called Amsterdam Log. And as far as I can tell, I encourage Craig and Linda and all the listeners out there to check it out. It is the best English language travel guide to Amsterdam on the web. I have not been able to find anything better. Please, if you do, let me know by emailing me, sean at bootsandall.com. But check it out, Amsterdam, L-O-G-U-E dot com. Cheers. Sweet. Thanks, Sean. And thanks, Boots and All, for sponsoring this episode of the Indie Travel Podcast. Yeah, you guys rock. You do. Hey, before we wrap up, got a couple of um, sites and resources that mm -hmm. uh, we want to talk about. Um, one is the TI blog, the Travel Intelligence blog. Now, um, Travel Intelligence talks about luxury hotels and luxury lifestyle and just not, the kind of things yeah, that we use. Not not not. <laughs> not stuff that we really are into. 
But that said, they've just started up a blog which is covering kind of travel and lifestyle news and events. So it's a, a lot more yeah. casual, a lot more relaxed, a lot more kind of tip and practical based stuff. So I'm really enjoying that. Uh, blog.travelintelligence.com. We also want to mention cornwalltocapedown.com. Um, guys cycling through Europe and Africa to raise money and ride out the recession. Yeah, I thought this was pretty sweet. He's finishing uni, he doesn't have a job lined up, so he's going to cycle across two continents in a fundraising mission. Sounds so good. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Um, so that's cornwalltocapetown.com, with two being T-O rather than the number two in typical web fashion. Thank goodness for that. Pedant. <laughs> <laughs> And finally, thanks to Linda's pedantry, we've got a magazine which she has carefully edited. So please do um, show your support. Give us about 25 US bucks. It's 40 New Zealand dollars a year, including international postage. And um, you'll get a copy of the Indie Travel Podcast magazine four times a year. It's truly beautiful. This edition, it's gorgeous. Yeah. And although you can get it for free on the internet, I do recommend buying a print copy because then you can hold it and rip things out and stroke it and all sorts of things. You're going to stroke it. You're just so weird. <laughs> um, so that's getting posted out on September 1st. So come by the site, IndieTravelPodcast.com and buy yourself a copy before then so we can send it to you. Well, that's us for this week. Until next week, travel well. <laughs>